ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. Hello, and welcome to the 22nd episode of our podcast, wow, Why is the World? We're flying through them. We, yeah, we're really, really getting through them now. That's a good thing, though. I was like, don't you uh, mean 21 miles? And I was like, oh, shoot, we did record that one. Yeah, we've done 21. We're on 22 now, even after a little hiatus. It's no longer Corona alone for me. I'm allowed outside. The hiatus being like, what, five days, <laughs> seven days? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, we've, we've really been pushing them out recently. That's good. Um, yeah. So anyway, today, as you've clicked on, we're going to be talking about Vladivostok. Um, and specifically trying to answer the question or hopefully answering the question why are there so many restaurants in Vladivostok or why does Vladivostok have so many restaurants whatever way you phrased it oh wow I like the way you phrased it better that was much shorter but <laughs> I guess the one that came up with the question well maybe we'll change it to that the, the, the listener knows we, we don't <laughs> okay so yeah, so we're going to be talking a bit about that. Um, just to start us off, what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to ask Sevi what he's... Did he know anything about Vladivostok to start and what sort of position he thinks he would be in um, compared to our average listener before the podcast? So w- when we first yeah. said, what are we doing? What? How much did you think you knew? Are you an expert in Vladivostok or are you just sort of like average? You might have known the basics or you knew absolutely nothing. You had to go and Google what it was. I knew what it was. I knew where it was, which is East Russia. I didn't know exactly where it was, but I knew it was like on the Pacific Ocean. I knew it was a port and I knew I wasn't, I don't remember if I knew this or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if I had known that it was the, uh, like the major port and military base for the Pacific fleet for the Russian Navy. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you haven't been there then. I have not been there. Uh, yeah, that's all I knew. Yeah, that's all I knew. Okay, interesting. What about you? Ah, thank you. Thank <laughs> you for asking. Uh, I I probably just knew the average sort of thing with it. It was, um, you know, I knew east side of Russia, same sort of thing as you. Knew the Trans-Siberian Railway. That's the main thing, reason why I knew it existed is because of this, this, there's this hint, hint, there's this massive long railway that goes from Moscow to Vladivostok and that was kind of what I knew it for. It was the end of that railway line. Um, and I, I knew that it was close to North Korea as well. And that was about it. Okay. I, I, I knew that too about the railway. I just, yeah. Oh, uh, now it comes out. Does it? Okay. <laughs> no, because the, if you think about it, Russia is the biggest country in the world and it's also extremely long. And that railway runs literally along the length of it. Cause Vladivostok is like the furthest outstretched like possible. Something that's quite interesting about this sort of area of Russia is that uh, it, it sort of comes down past mm-hmm. uh, a part of China called Manchuria, which you know has a big history in the war and, and stuff oh. like that. So, and we'll talk on, about that. Go and check up about that. Okay, all right, we'll talk about it then. Yeah. Um, but I think it's quite it's quite interesting because the the railway go it doesn't it would make more sense to just cut straight through Manchuria to Vladivostok. That would mm-hmm. be so much quicker. But it actually it follows the border all the way around, sort of like. Um, as fast as it, as close as it can get to, um, and going around. So for those who aren't sure, haven't heard of Manchuria, that's kind of a part of China that like extends North East. Um, and it's kind of like a big further North of, um, the Korean peninsula. It's kind of, kind of, as you go up. Yeah. So so it kind of like sticks up into Russia a little bit and then 
uh, the Korean Peninsula, as you said, come off of it, and it's even like further north than Beijing. It would border Mongolia, so it's, it's you know it's it's a big area as well. It's not, we're not talking about a small. It's a it's yeah very big area. It's kind of like how the United States swoops up to Maine, but a lot bigger. You've got to make it about America, don't you? It's just it, it looks similar. Okay. So where is uh, I? I guess we kind of just explained where Vladivostok is. It's like we can, we can go into a bit more detail and we can say okay. that the sea opposite is, or sorry, you said it's a port and it's uh, a port into the Sea of Japan. Mm-hmm. And um, what I think is quite cool about like the Bay Area, if you if you consider like as a bay, it has like this this single finger that comes out in the bay so it sort of makes two little bays mm-hmm. with with that but it's all part of this main main bay and then there's a small island in front of Vladivostok itself mm-hmm. so if if you if you looked at the map and strategically said where's the best place to have a port city that would be Vladivostok it's it's actually really interestingly like perfectly placed so let's so usually like cities are placed in those kinds of areas, right, for military reasons and so forth. So in fact, Russia wanted a place to put their like far eastern port along the border. So we're going into the history now. And they didn't have one. So basically they were like, Oh, let's go down to Manchuria and see what they have. And what ended up happening is uh it was annexed and they got a piece of Manchuria uh back in the 1860s um and it was 1858 and 1860 there were two treaties that consolidated russian control there exactly and so what and and therefore russia got kind of their more strategic uh place to put uh and there was already a fishing town there as usual as is the case with most kind of geographic features such as that but once russia and i got that from manchuria they um developed it more and built a base as quickly as possible and just to give you another sense of the geography like let's say you go straight out west into this bay you basically hit japan so this is like kind of cradle you'd hit hokkaido wouldn't you yeah so the northern so that's like north yeah of japan but then again you'd hit like the southern part of it um and in fact there are ferries between uh korea vladivostok and japan south korea um well that makes more sense um so like it's very close. Are there no um, ferries with or oh, okay North Korea? I am pretty sure there are no seaports with North Korea. Yeah, no. It, the um, DMS cruise ferry it travels regularly to Shanghai, uh, South Korea, um, and to the uh, the main island of Honshu in Japan. There is a ferry service between Vladivostok and North Korea. There's a what? A ferry service. Uh, well, then you say know it. the thing where you said I'm sure it's not? It actually is. Where's it go? Rajin. Roger that. <laughs> so actually there is a ferry link between Vladivostok and Rajin, which is a place in North Korea. Um, I think uh, it's quite easy for us to ignore. We we have this idea that North Korea is very isolated from the world. It's actually connected to China and Russia a lot more than we think because it's it's just not advertised. And we have this opinion that North Korea has no 
connections. Yeah. So I, no, I was totally wrong. I I knew it was connected to Manchuria, like that's an open border, but I didn't realize that the they had also connected quite steadily to Russia. Yeah. On 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 sort of this note where there's like this connections between them, um, there's in Manchuria there's a lot of like ethnic Korean people who don't necessarily live on North Korea or South Korea, and they actually uh, Chinese Koreans ones that live in in mm-hmm. that area. Um, they have specific like visa waivers and things to visit South Korea uh, and visa programs to okay. encourage them to visit um, Korea. So it's um, pro- a lot more like um, like the borders are kind of painted on a bit more than um, what we may suggest. But we might get into a little bit about. We'll definitely um, get into that yeah. for demographics and hint, hint, wink, wink, Z question. Yes. Um, so Vladivostok itself, you mentioned it being this sort of far eastern city that was made. It's actually um, translated as something sort of like Lord of the East, ruler of the East yep. um, idea. So it kind of gives this idea that it is a modern city because you typically wouldn't call your... Like, it's more familiar with modern borders because it's, it's been placed in the East as their, yeah. you know, their stronghold and uh, sphere of influence center, center yeah. of their sphere of Pacific influence. Um, and it has a population of modern day population of about 610,000. Uh, and that's actually just slightly smaller than Las Vegas or Rotterdam. So quite a significant city. Yeah. It's also the size of everything in Wyoming. So it's pretty small. <laughs> Vlad, which sounds very Russian, is like ruler or king. And then uh, Vostok is basically E. So Vladivostok. And the locals call it Vladik. As like a short okay. form, like Vladi mm. ending with a K, kind of bringing that yeah. end of the word. So I, I always thought that Vladivostok would be like named after a person called Vlad. So you have like Vladimir as yeah. a name, obviously. I can't think of anyone famous right now who might be called Vladimir <coughs> Putin. <coughs> <laughs> and, and so I just assumed that it was sort of like a name rather than meaning ruler. Well, I think it makes um, sense. Like they're basically... T- growing this tiny port town and they want to make it into a military strong base and it's still a really small town for russia in russia um on the coast like compared to moscow it is tiny yeah but not many things are as big as moscow and st petersburg they're no. two really big cities and then outside of that you don't have okay is, th- yeah. that's probably better but my point is it's not like you got like the big center of russia in the west which is in the western russia which is russia and the big center in the east which is Vladivostok. it's more of like a small center yes. in the east yeah. is my point and um but in order to get i i guess Vladivostok's a good marketing ploy to get people to come there right it's like it's the the, the, the ruler of the east yeah Definitely. Something that I found quite interesting where you mentioned that it's on the like 43 degrees latitude north, mm-hmm. 43 degrees north where you said it hits that Japan. It also is actually the same latitude as New York City. Really? Yeah. That's cool. It's it's weird how you how it sort of all fits in. It's also about the t- so it really does the top stick of down. Spain. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so that makes there sense. you go. That's um uh, that's where it is now. I believe you Sevi told me that he had a new idea of how we're going to uh, talk about population within, or area, sorry, within cities. So away you go. Wow, you're going to be very disappointed. Um, <laughs> no, I, just another way to think about the number of people is the density of the city. 
which is uh, about 18,000 people per kilometer squared. You're welcome for using kilometer squared. Um, oh, thank you. But it still means nothing to me. I yeah, can't which imagine is, like which is why yeah. you'll be disappointed. I, I, the apparently that is so not dense. I wasn't able to find anything to compare it to. Um, really? Yeah. It, so in other words, think about it as a city. What that, was like twice the density or something like that? See, a smart person would have done that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me just find something for that. Oh dear, Sevy. Were you drinking when you did your research? No, unfortunately. Okay. Ready? Ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. Okay, so it is about... <laughs> That's such a good opener. It is about three times um, less dense. There you go, okay. Miles was like, I that gives me a good idea. Well, it gives me a better idea because it's a uh, city of London is probably not that, well, the centre of London is is that it's dense, but it's not right. extreme, extremely dense. So, so, if you think of probably like one of the densest cities, like not New York City, like a um, like a dense city centre, it's about a third of that. Yeah, not like crazy New York. So to give you another sense. Wow, is it really that much? Yeah, so it's like 15 times less dense than Manhattan. <laughs> okay, and you can tell me what the average height of a building is in Manhattan? And if it's over 15 stories, then it's then it's like just having one story, but the same level, the same amount of buildings in the in the area. So the same floor plan as it were, like grid plan. It's found to be less than six stories. Sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> That's fine. It gives you an idea, though. Yeah, definitely does. Okay, so right, okay. Um, I'll add on to the new stuff, which is some sister cities are Juneau in the United States. Juneau is the capital okay, of Alaska. Yeah. It's like a like middle of nowhere. Like there are no roads to Juneau. I guess there's a yeah. train to thought of. They're both Pacific, Pacific Ocean. And then Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Those were the there were other sister cities I knew. Unfortunately, none of them were in Europe, which yeah, that was a bummer. Maybe there's a reason for that. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, okay. So, so let's move on yeah. to the physical geography a little bit. Take us away. So we already talked about how it's in the extreme southeast of the Russian Far East. They do call it the Far East, both in Russia and in the rest of the world, um, and. Yeah, so it's got a humid continental climate. So that's a COPIT climate classification of DWB. We haven't done that in a while. Um, so think about it this way. It's warm, humid, and rainy summers. Sorry, warm and humid summers, and then cold and dry winters. Yeah, and uh, that would be affected by Siberia being sort of like located fairly close, and you'd get those Siberian winds, which is what yeah, cools Siberian down. Winds, yeah. Like That causes Korea and Japan to have those big big seasonal changes and this has huge seasonal changes for being a part it's like negative 20 celsius in the winter yeah. on average negative four fahrenheit um and then plus 20 celsius in the summer or about 70 degrees fahrenheit as the average so think yeah. about it as like please, please yeah warm please comment if, if you know what um like korea and japan are like please comment and tell us how similar that is because i think it sounds quite similar but i 
don't have that. They are similar right now, location so. in the world. Exactly. I, and yeah. Anything else on climate? Or geography? Or other stuff? No. <laughs> are you out of stuff to talk about for Vladivostok? No, not not for Vladivostok. Plenty of okay. Um so uh demographics wise, um it's mostly Russian. Because like a ninety-two percent. Um a lot of it is immigrants. So if you talk to people from there, they're like, Oh yeah, uh we do not have roots in this city. They're not as connected to the city as maybe other places. So Moscow, people would be like, oh, Moscow, like, it's like, it's a big central character in their story, whereas Vladivostok is not. Uh, yeah, we can talk about that more in the in the question. Okay, interesting. Um, 2% from Ukraine, 1.4 Uzbek, 0.8% uh, Korean, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's still a lot. 0.5% uh, Chinese, um, and actually quite a bit of other things as well, yep. which... I'm sure we will talk about later. Miles has lots on that. I'm not going to steal we'll, his thunder we'll like we'll I always see. do. Um, so, yeah, as you said, it's from 1860, the city was founded, which makes it quite a recent city um, mm -hmm. to be just to be sort of built up to certainly to the size it is today. Uh, maybe not in an American perspective, but certainly from a European perspective, it's it's a lot. And maybe some technically Asia, a lot of those cities that are now these big cities that a lot of them weren't new cities there were existing cities in the past as well so it's quite new this our whole idea of like a new city that um you mentioned before where it was part of manchuria um so it was um historically chinese korean as an area um mm -hmm. but since Fishing the russians the founded the city you can tell by that demographics that maybe it's being given away a bit that it's, it's a large russian population so we can talk about how much um influence and and what powers led to it being like that that it is uh, in the question Do you want to talk about that now oh in the question okay. in the question uh so something that's quite a fun fact about uh, vladivostok is uh the cars because I, I like cars somehow of course um, miles is going to talk about the cars so that is a good way to think about it though uh so actually most cars in vladivostok are not russian number plate or russian registered or russian uh regulated cars 90 over 90 percent of them are japanese imports okay. which is a bit a bit crazy um so well japan's right we said it's right across the like the bay it is yes but what side of the road do they drive on in russia ah i am gonna guess it's different in <laughs> vladivostok than moscow based on your question but i don't know no they drive on the right okay. because that is the regulation in russia because it's the right side of the road to drive on. Because it is. Uh, that's the way they decided to do it. What okay. way do they drive on the roads in Japan? Oh, the left. So these imported so... cars are right-handed drive on the right in the city. So you can imagine the sort of chaos that's uh, going about. But the reason why they do but it... It makes it harder, but not impossible. Yeah, but the reason why they do it is because Japanese cars are incredibly reliable. You're thinking like Toyota Land Cruiser is like indestructible Toyota Hilux, mm -hmm. these sort of things. It's a lot cheaper to get it there, to import it from your close neighbor, Japan, than it is to get it from Europe, yeah. which is where a lot of the other sort of cars are made. Think of a barge versus like getting it out of that train all the way across seven yeah. days. Yeah. And as we sort of said with the Trans-Siberian Express, I, I don't know if we said it, but you can ride on it as a passenger. So yeah. it's not a 
freight train predominantly is actually it's, it's a bit of a weird thing i'm sure loads of freight goes they get on more money with passengers versus cars yeah so a lot of the cars come from japan and this has led to as i said a bit of a crazy situation we have right hand drive and right hand side of the road and um you then sort of had a lot of people would would go to vladivostok from european russia okay to get their car because it's so much cheaper because the imports were so low import tax and tariffs and they would drive it drive it from wow. vladivostok to europe and it actually led to a lot of people and this is in the 1990s uh, a lot of gangs and criminal activity i mean there's enough criminal activity in vladivostok we might mention it again but uh, it actually led to a lot of people being stolen and having their cars stolen and um being attacked um so then the russian government was like okay this is a problem so they put tariffs on the japanese import for cars because they wanted to stop mm-hmm. these people buying these cars which are also kind of dangerous anyway because they're right-hand drive uh, on a right-hand um, traffic and so um the government has done that so there's a lot less of that going on now it doesn't really happen as much but 90 percent of cars in Vladivostok are still um japanese imports that used to be 99% and it's only recently that it's gone down to like 90% to give yeah. the audience kind of a sense. Also, so I have, I know somebody who's from Russia and who lived there in the 90s and have heard lots of car stories because like you, he is into cars. And to paint a picture, Russia made their own cars. They weren't very good cars because think about the supply shortages and like the Russian economy of that time. And they... It's also Moscow, right? Like, think about how brutal winters are, right? So it's not easy just to, like, repair your car as, or as easy as, say, Europe. And they weren't letting European cars in very easily as well. Or, like, there were high, even higher tariffs, probably, than their own ones from Japan. Um, and so that kind of gives you a sense of, like, oh, like, that's, it makes total sense to me that, like, there's not many cars, like, you're, you're if you have a car in Russia... Like, at any age, like, it's a very valuable possession. And people are stealing them left and right. You had to have, like, special ways to prevent people from stealing your cars. Like, like you would hide your ignition somewhere else in the car. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, on that thought of, like, people driving from Vladivostok, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned it. It's taken this long to get into saying. Because I'm sure if you ask anyone that knows this fact, they'll just want to tell someone immediately it's closer to australia than it is to moscow yes i won <laughs> so i the, the one i found is is closer to anchorage alaska than to moscow and i'm like oh yeah russia's huge that makes total sense and then i read oh it's closer to darwin australia and i was like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's yeah. it's a long way yeah and um, but again yeah, gotta, like, gotta say that fact huge like not many cars in moscow like i get why they would muscle that crazy drive to and and also there's like barely any roads between those two destinations like it's it's not well connected yeah yeah and yeah that's another story we'll we'll move on (laughs) yeah so um part of the modern town as as well um why don't we get into the uh the question so we can start talking a bit about sort of the juicy demographics of uh of Vladivostok. So, Vladivostok. To remind you, the question is, why does Vladivostok have so many restaurants? Or why are there so many restaurants in Vladivostok? I can't remember which way we were why going to phrase it. Why is Vladivostok... Oh, that's not even English. 
Why does Vladivostok have so many different types of restaurants? We'll see what yeah, we so end I up making. Sebi would it. say, "Why is Vladivostok have so many restaurants?" Right. Have so many different types. Yeah, but either okay. way, it's still wrong. Right. So, I think most people would automatically assume probably somewhat near the correct answer for this, which is you're going to have, the more multicultural places, the more restaurants you're going to have from mm-hmm. that place. People are, people are going to be open to more ideas because they see more people around them from different places and therefore would want to try out their cuisine. And you have people that are able to make the cuisine authentic and make a profitable business out of having good quality and uh, good recipes and sort of knowing how to do it. And I think in that sense, that that is what Vladivostok is. Uh, and that's why it does. So there we go. Thank you for listening. Yes. <laughs> One other caveat, another short answer to the question is you have all these Russians who come here and they're used to Russian food, but they don't have Russian ingredients. But they do, they're right on the sea and they have lots of seafood. And all of a sudden it's like seafood substitution and you get a much more diverse cuisine of, and restaurants. Yeah. So as, as we were talking a bit about um, why why everyone's Russian in 92% Russian, you said, was it? Ethnically yeah. Russian? As of now. Um, so in the Soviet era, um, Stalin, I can't remember what his title was, um, but uh, he he ran a lot of um, obviously forced labor camps and forced migration of people around um, around Russia. And he had this firm belief that Russia was for the Russians kind of thing. And and in his mind, Russia was this sort of key area around Moscow, St. Petersburg, down to sort of the Black Sea. Mm-hmm. And, and that was this area with Russia. That was that was his belief. Um, he was also Georgian, so I don't know why, why he came up with these. But... Um, <laughs> No, I just anyway. find it funny that like a lot of movements, like you think of Nazism and all this stuff, it's like usually around one leader who's like, there is this one perfect like place and people and like everybody else's other. And it's funny because usually that ruler isn't of that kind of creed. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It must be like an imposter syndrome or something. Or I, I don't know what the psychological term is. I'm sure. If you know, please let us know. Um, anyway, so uh, he ran this sort of forced migration where he would take non-russians out of russia mm-hmm. but we've got to, we've got to not think about this as the political border of russia we've got to think about this as a lot more ethnic groups and you take people from um russia korean um areas uh georgians armenians uh japanese ukrainians uh belarusians those sort of and, yeah. and as part of this um so the, the shift of political um power had moved in soviet area to obviously america and russia and so it was more incentive to have vladivostok being a big city that was that was kind of needed on this pacific this new pacific region that was starting to grow in importance for the world and so it was they had five-year plans to industrialize vladivostok and part of that they needed more people because funnily enough um you need more people to uh you know grow a economy and you know more people Good uh, jobs, yeah. Fill it, it was weird because because stalin also thought that um by having only russians in russia core russia would mean that he would have more hard-working productive people because they are from his ideal race and ironically getting rid of people actually made it worse i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know why <laughs> maybe it's a coincidence <laughs> uh, but yeah um so forced migrant 
forced migration for all these people from around Soviet Russia, so that included Central Asia, it included, um, you know, as I said, Tatars, Chinese people, Jewish people, Armenians, Georgians, Japanese, Nanai, and, and so on and so forth. And loads of them got lumped into Vladivostok as well. Um, and, and that's how kind of you have a lot more um, cultural appreciation in many ways. Uh, people were, uh, I think people's going to eat Georgian food is quite a big thing in, in Vladivostok mm -hmm. for, for that sort of thing. And what was most interesting about this to me is that I, th I thought, oh, that actually makes sense. I didn't realize that. And then Vladivostok is almost um, like Asian in in where it is and and who invests in there most investment in vladivostok comes from korea mm -hmm. um so you have a uh, big hotel chains of and um restaurant trains that are actually korean chains and they invest in vladivostok because it's this place to go 90 percent of tourism um tourists are japanese and korean in vladivostok and they have three million tourists a year yeah and that's about a quarter of prague and prague is a crazy so that's over triple their pop, actually like over five times their population four times their population yeah yeah it, there's and because you and i are you know not based in that area we don't really understand this you know how big it is as a tourist population and it, it, in fact even uh chinese go up there for vacation because it's actually a lot fat it kind of has that european influence that you talked about yep. um and like russia like definitely is in some ways part of europe and therefore it's like going to europe but paying a lot less because it's like right next door yeah and um part of this sort of russian so obviously soviet russia is to to have to stamp their impact on authority and cultural identity mm -hmm. in this far eastern city and that's also why it is so russian um dominated 92 percent russians and you also have this um like they wanted to create a European city to have European influence as that was a superior culture in their mind. And they mm -hmm. wanted to make that um, more apparent there. So as you say, it's kind of like this European place in Asia, um, but you will also have a lot more Asian influences. So people would probably find that sort of like stepping stone a bit, a bit easier um, so, when visiting. Yeah. So for example, like if you, you're like, oh, well, if there's so much Asian influence, like why isn't it just like going to another Asian city? But in, in Russia, it's like, no, like if you actually go there, like the buildings, they look more European, right? The people like they're more Russian and that kind of, it, it definitely feels more like Europe in that sense. And even the food, like there's lots of Russian and other types of food. It's just, it also has this nice, like it's not about it all being fused together although there are fusion places it's much more there's lots of different types of restaurants all around the city yeah and yeah and it seems to have a crazy amount of different um cuisines around they say it's second only to <clears throat> london yeah <laughs> i knew you'd bring that up um something that i found interesting is that in the last 10 years they've been putting together um a way of putting uh, pull and push factors for um, encouraging Korean tourists as well. Okay. So they give Korean tourists um, particular visa waivers as well. I don't even have that as a, as a Brit. It's, I, it's hard to get a, yeah. a Russian visa. Um, and they also have open skies agreements. So they're like international changes that Russia put themselves 
to to encourage more tourism to Vladivostok. Uh, and they have like they've put so much money in recent years into building three brand new bridges, and mm -hmm. they do look pretty cool. I have to admit. Yeah, I think it, they are. Oh, it's the longest. Longest cable stayed bridge, isn't it? In the world? Yeah, in the and world. the the height of the cable um, the height of the bridge is I think it's three hundred and ten meters, which is about the same height as the Eiffel Tower. Oh wow! Uh, I so, I see yeah. so many pictures of it, but that gives me a much better sense of oh wow, it's even bigger than I thought. <laughs> it's big. It's uh, and it's, it's very really, modern in the yeah. sense that it's like yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's had this sort of very recent push to to make it more attractive to um, more tourism, which will only encourage more cuisine and more restaurants into And Western uh, tourists are rare, rarer. Wow, that's hard to say for me. Um, they're rare. There's your TikTok content, Miles. <laughs> but, but it's still like really like Western tourists who do go there, like they get welcomed in because they're like, the, the, they are more unique and they can have uh, conversations with locals and, uh, and really enjoy that cuisine and all the different types. Uh, yeah. When, when I was talking, when I was reading some blogs of some Western tourists that were going to Vladivostok that inspired this question, like the thing they couldn't stop talking about was just like the diversity of food. Could have just gone to London. I still can. <laughs> if you'll joking. invite me. <laughs> um, Long so story. Let, let's go into two quick dishes to kind of give you a sense of like that fusion or that combination. So there's piancy, which are giant steamed buns with various fillings. This is actually a Korean dish, but they brought it over to Vladivostok and it was literally women selling it near bus stops. And the way it works is it's kind of a big dumpling that's stuffed with cabbage or pork. Um, but in Vladivostok, it's more seafood, right? Because uh, given its presence and the way it normally works is like you'd go to the bus stop on your way home from work or something and you kind of like eat this like at the counter um, in front, uh, not at a table and you kind of just order one big one and it's kind of like a big snack or small meal um, on your day. Oh, cool. And uh, what's the second one? I can't wait to hear this. And the second one is Shupalza, uh, which is means tentacles. Very well rehearsed. Yeah, <laughs> which means tentacles in Russian. Um, and it's basically a true fusion Russian uh, cuisine, uh, Korean cuisine. So it's a, a salad, typical salad made of squid, carrots, apples, boiled egg, crushed onions, and flavored with sesame oil and chili flakes. And so it's kind of like got that Russian um, yeah. tentacles, but uh, it's definitely a salad, like Korean, uh, more Korean inspired salad. And then kind of give yeah. you just some rolling commentary, lots of traditional Russian places, national Ukrainian dishes, various fish species and delicacies. Um, we didn't talk about Primorsky Krai. Um, Primorsky means maritime, Krai means like coast, and that's the quote unquote like state or region of Russia that Vladivostok is the capital of. And it basically makes up that kind of peninsula that sticks or the part of Russia that sticks down south uh, in the far east. Um, yeah. It's got Japanese cuisine, given the proximity of Japan, original Chinese, Korean, including North Korean. So you talked about how that there's a ferry between the two. There's quite a few North Korean restaurants. And to give you a sense, it's only 116 kilometers away from North Korea. So that's closer than uh, between Philadelphia and New York City. 
Or to give you a, another example, uh, it's a little further than Cambridge to London. It's like pretty darn close. Yeah. It is very close. Yeah. And then the last one is there's lots of pan uh, Asiatic dishes. So p- sorry, pan Asiatic dishes. So that's Asian dishes um, from all over uh, the Asia. So India, uh, Vietnam, like even the Middle East. And the difference between pan Asiatic and uh, Asian fusion is fusion is more they're combined, whereas pan Asiatic is like the dishes are still their own dishes. They're just might all be served at like some same together. restaurant. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, interesting. Okay. Learn something. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, something you mentioned quickly about um, Primori, which is the, the area the Vladivostok mm-hmm. is part of sort of like, like province. Um, some people are like, there's a bit of like an independence desire. It's not a movement because they're not allowed one, um, <laughs> but um, it's a bit of a desire because they feel that they, they give a lot of their taxes to uh, them, like the federal system. Um, Moscow so is the way they would think about a thing about like um, Russia is that it's split up into so many different autonomous and various different places. And they all have like their own different hierarchies of, um, so it's like you have states with uh, America, mm-hmm. um, and then in Canada we talked about having like a province and a territory, uh, but Russia's just on a different level of, so many different have weird autonomous levels, some are no autonomy as a just a province, um, some are entirely autonomous, some are given to uh, more indigenous and uh, people in the north mm-hmm. northern parts of Russia. It's really strange system how they govern it all but i didn't know that um yeah um so these people around in vladivostok they feel almost so detached from uh moscow and st petersburg that uh they they have this sort of desire that they're kind of they're doing their own thing and they're more close they're closer to asia and i'm sure with more investment and tourists from those places that only helps encourage that feeling well that is a wrap on episode 22 of got it season time. three i i got the you you got it the first time um of why is the world yeah um please don't forget to uh follow us on instagram on twitter all of those good things at podcast why is the world we'll have a few bit of uh, extra content sevi promises me that he's actually going to log into it this time so what, TikTok? you know we might get well anything to be honest oh my, wow that's <laughs> <laughs> fighting words <laughs> Definitely follow us on your podcast of choice. Um, and yeah, interact. Like, say hi. Hit that subscribe. Give us a rating. Yeah, rating. Come on, Sevi. You should know this. We've got to hustle this. Well, I was about to get there, but you interrupted <laughs> me. No, ratings, best, that, that's the best thing you can do. So definitely give us a rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if yeah. you really enjoy it. And as I would say in Vladivostok, das vidanya. Das vidanya. <laughs>